Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. This is the main event! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the main event. Mark's podcast. I'm your co-host, former radio reporter, lifelong wrestling fan, figure collector, and father of six cats. I'm Troy Adams. And joining me today is coffee lover, figure hunter, and he is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia. He is the Diego de my Fernando. He's Greg. What's up, man? Ole. <laughs> uh, the the son, one of the sons and the nephew of Carlos Colon were saddled with matador gimmicks wearing masks look you know you may find this hard to believe but i didn't hate that i didn't i thought it was it was fun in a way it was stupid but fun if that makes sense it was a little fun i thought el torito was funny as hell even though believe it or not for people who don't know anything about lucha and i know you don't really but 
I know here in the States, uh, little people wrestling, I'll try to be sensitive, is considered like, ah, ha, ha, look at that, it's funny. In Mexico, that's a draw. And El Torito is actually like one of the biggest little people wrestlers in, uh, I know I just made a pun, but he, he's one of the most famous little people wrestlers in all of Mexico. And he was a big deal. I actually, for as much crap as I just talked on the gimmick, I have a uh, Mattel version of uh, Los Matadores. Yeah, so, I, uh, I do I not know, have I something, I think The whole thing was obviously dumb, but man, they're really good. So I, kinda, I liked them and I didn't hate the team because I thought they were both really good wrestlers. Not to nitpick, but uh, like one thing that ticked some people off, they were like, they're Puerto Rican. Matadors are Mexican. Yeah, <laughs> I caught that right away. But then I'm like, uh, whatever, it's, it's Latin. I know. Well, I don't care. Honestly, you and I as Americans don't care. I will tell you for a fact. Mexicans oh. were not very happy. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get into that. I have right. ancestors, but I don't know right. how they feel, and I don't, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to get into that. So, yeah. But we are uh, officially in August, man, and that means summer slam month. I'm very excited about this. I know you're a little less excited because you don't get to go again this year. I was so pumped to go to Boston, man. I know, yeah, and then they pulled the cord at the last minute. It was like, nope, we're uh, having it at the at the, uh, the PC with no fans. So I don't know. I'm I'm not exactly hap- happy about it. It's going to be. I I've, I've settled into the fact that for the rest of the the year, we're going to see, you know, all the big shows happen at the Performance Center and Daly's Place. I've already settled into into that in my mind. I mean, I, are you kind of thinking the same thing? Pretty much, yeah. And it's sad. I just I don't uh, I don't see an end to this thing in sight right now. I mean, I'm hoping fans will be allowed at football games and whatnot. Oh yeah, I'm hoping that for a few reasons, but right, yeah. Uh, if if fans are not allowed at football games, I see a shortened season. But well, they've I, already I taken away preseason essentially, so yeah, yeah. Happened, so they could take take away more even. So you never you never know. Uh, can I, I guarantee Super- you they're not they're not taking away more. They're just no one's going to be there. NFL's not going to do that. I hope so. I'd bet my uh, life on Yeah, and hopefully by the time the Super Bowl rolls around, we can have, you know, things somewhat back to normal. Even if you have to wear masks, whatever, uh, you know, at least have fans in the stands. But, uh, yeah, something that we, you know, were in attendance for was this event we're covering today. It's SummerSlam 2015. I've been, you and I both have been very excited to talk about this. You said you watched it back twice. I will admit, I just watched it for the first time back this week. Since first we time have, in a long time. Yeah, since we have been there in 2015, I never watched it. Not because of anything like, I loved the show, by the way. For my first pay-per-view ever, what a hell of a way to start, man. I absolutely loved the show, top to bottom. The only thing, I, I just never watched it back, because that's, I don't know why I do that. Every time I go to a show, I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. You know? I Yeah, I've actually stopped watching them back before, like, long time ago i used to immediately go back and watch it yeah this one took place in in brooklyn new york uh we'll talk about we'll talk about all that you and i spent a week in new york we did a lot of figure hunting uh we went to a bunch of comic stores uh we checked out quite a few restaurants you know it was and then every and then every cliche new york thing ever we did too oh yeah all the touristy stuff it was a great time. Uh, we ate in Little Italy. We ate in uh, Chinatown. 
for all of you out there, uh, there there were some things in New York we did for figure hunters you can't do that we did. Like the amazing, I got pictures of it. The amazing Toys R Us in Times Square is oh. now no more. It was amazing. If I had a hat on, I would take it off and put it over my heart. <laughs> I am that hurt. It was it was an um, it was an awesome store in so many ways. That was where we saw some figure swapping though of a they put a Jack Pacific. That was my first ever figure swaps uh, in person actually or seeing it. I don't do that. Hold on, I got to reward that. Um, yeah, that was the right. first time ever seeing that in person. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was nuts. It, they took a Jack Pacific uh, John Morrison and somehow squeezed it into the Mattel John Morrison box. I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> It was weird. And we were like, how did they get? I did like, okay. But we did buy quite a few figures. We went to other Toys R Us's around the area, which obviously are no more. So there's other more things there. Tons of cool comic stores. I can't remember the one. There's like multiple branches of the store around Midtown. New York. Midtown. Okay. Midtown Comics. If you're ever in New York, check out all of their locations, if at all possible. The one in Times Square, probably the best. Oh, yeah. Lots of fun memories. Some not so fun memories we got to get into, though. Uh, and some of these were, I'll be honest, a lot of the news that I compiled before this is not good stuff that happened leading up to SummerSlam. But we'll get into uh, we'll get into that. We'll return after these messages. No one really tries to be unsafe online. Enter a dress for free tater tots. But every time you give up info and privacy... So I gave your birth date for free parking. That's how I got this robe. You may give up some safety, too. Norton 360 with LifeLock has device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection, all in one. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft, but you can save 25% or more off your first year. Opt into cyber safety at norton.com news. Enjoy! Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru... Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Now, back to our program. First thing, man, getting into the news and notes, Rowdy Roddy Piper passed away at his, his Hollywood home in his sleep on July 30th at the age of 61. Yeah, that that was rough. that one. Yeah, uh, that one. That one hurt me deeply. There, there are a few a few wrestling deaths. I mean, they all kind of upset me if it's somebody that I knew and loved, you know, growing up. But Roddy Piper, man, I always loved, loved Roddy Piper. And that one hurt. And if you go back and listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast uh, talking about it, he it's it's rough for him to get through because he was so close with Piper. And I think we were talking about it off air. You were at the dedication raw to him. Yeah, it was in San Jose. Um, yeah, it was it was weird, man. Because like in in um, March that that year, WrestleMania was in Silicon Valley, and uh, we got to meet Piper outside of his hotel. We were walking. I still have the picture. Uh, and. Um, he was coming out of his hotel, just shaking everyone's hands, and we were like, my brother and I were on our way to access, and we just saw a big crowd. We're like, oh, it's got to be somebody, right? Because WrestleMania is in town, and it was him. Wow. And then a couple months later, in August, we go to a show, not knowing that this is what it was going to be, to open the show. Wow, yeah. And uh, he died on, so that that show, I would assume, is August 3rd, 
which was uh, uh, yeah, Monday yeah after. It, was, it was really early. I was really stoked because like the first time ever I was going like a couple of raws in one month. But you know, uh, kind of brought me down, obviously. But right, yeah, that's that was a bad one. He, I mean, sixty-one is too, in my opinion, is way too young to pass away. And uh, I think he just had a heart attack and, and and died. He was never known as like a drug abuser or a steroid taker or anything like that. Like, so I I don't know. You know, taking bumps for you know decades and decades, I guess you know catches up with you sometimes, especially depending on your your body chemistry and everything. Somebody who did kick out, though, from his issues, former Mid-Atlantic, WCW, and Smoky Mountain co- announcer Bob Cottle, then in his late 80s, was hospitalized the, uh, this month after a fall and missed the Mid-Atlantic convention in Charlotte. So as far as I know, I think Bob Cottle is still with us, isn't he? I don't know. Honestly, off the top of my head? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm pretty sure... He is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it looks like he's still alive. I mean, he if he was in his late 80s, I mean, he's obviously in his 90s now. JR talk, talks about him fondly a lot on his podcast. So he, he said, you know, there could never be a nicer guy than uh, Bob Cottle. He said he's always just in a cheery mood. He never complained. And I don't know about you, man. I always, even if he, as far as like, quality wasn't always like amazing i always loved his voice i thought he was a great announcer i i liked him only because he was like the one of the voices of my childhood so yeah i mean looking back he wasn't like great but it's kind of one of them where i think like him and lance russell are the two when i when i like even if they're not amazing and i think lance was great but you know just their voices it's like oh man that's that's what an announcer sounds like you know and same thing with Gorilla Monsoon. Even if you know people crap on his commentary, whatever. I, I don't know why, but there. I mean, he said some silly crap, but I mean, it's yeah, sports entertainment. So yeah, it's like Slobberknocker makes sense. Hey man, I guess that's a Southern thing. I don't know. I really. Hey, silly is a pet coon. All right. <laughs> Here's another one. It's it's a lot of like medical stories. This one is e- Maybe worse just because of everything surrounding it. Jimmy Snuka, 72, actually got back from the hospital on the day that Roddy Piper died after undergoing stomach surgery due to stomach cancer. Snuka had part of his stomach as well as his lymph nodes removed. Uh, according to an interview with his wife, Carol, what she did an interview with Bill Apter. Uh, if anybody remembers Bill Apter, he was, he was like, uh, one of the first, like, respected wrestling journalists, I guess, and, and photographers and stuff. Doctors believe that they were able to remove all of the cancer. I don't think they did, actually. Or if they did, it came back, right? Because didn't he eventually die from that? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Regarding the investigation of Snuka for the death of Nancy Argentino in 1983, the grand jury of Lehigh County in Pennsylvania's investigation ended uh, during this time as well. Eventually, I mean, they talk about it on Dark Side of the Ring, if any of you have seen that episode of amazing series by the way absolutely we pump it up a lot on on here uh i think jimmy snooka was found guilty wasn't he i think so like right before he died yeah they found him guilty but he they they said he he had dementia and he was dying of stomach cancer so they just let him live out the rest of his life because he was about to die anyway bad stuff man and uh more bad stuff. You and I specifically remember this for one reason in uh, New York that we'll get to here in a moment. Lawyers for Hulk Hogan filed a request in a St. Petersburg, Florida court on July 30th to conduct an investigation of a potential violation of a protective order 
regarding the tape transcript leaked to Radar Online and the National Enquirer for their series of stories. Hogan's lawyers said that they wanted to prove that Gawker, whom Hogan is suing, violated the court order by leaking the transcripts of the tapes and ruining Hogan's career and potentially ruining his right to a fair trial, claiming that Gawker wanted the stuff to get out and being desperate to counter negative publicity. So basically, Hogan was suing Gawker because they released a sex tape of him and Bubba the Love Sponge's ex-wife. If any of you don't know who Bubba the Love Sponge is, consider yourself lucky. Awesome Kong knows who he is. Oh, I'm sure she does. (laughs) Uh, And if you ever listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, he has nothing nice to say about him. He said he wanted to buy Awesome Kong dinner when she beat the hell out of him. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was great. But yeah, so apparently Bubba, this is this is the I mean, all of them are scummy in this, but apparently Bubba set it up for Hogan to sleep with his wife at the time. And unbeknownst to Hogan, he set up a camera in the bedroom to record them doing the deed. Well, he released or I guess Gawker got their hands on it, I assume through Bubble Love Sponge and released it. So Hogan was suing. And then, to counter the suit and put out negative publicity, Gawker put out that infamous tape of Hogan just going on a racist rant, dropping the N-word and everything else. So, there's that. And obviously, people are still pretty sore about it, not saying they don't deserve to be, especially if they were offended. You know, everybody... I'm not going to tell somebody they, they cannot be offended. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get it. I still love Hogan as a performer, as a person. I don't know him, and I don't know his heart. That wasn't a good look, brother, but ah, I don't know. But I will say this. You and I laughed because I wore, I have a Hulkamania t-shirt. I didn't think about it because I, I don't think about this stuff. And I wore around, uh, wore it around Brooklyn, and we were checking out at a CVS in, uh, close to Times Square. And the, the famous guy, one in the middle of Times Square. That's what it was. Yes. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, and uh, we were checking out, and the guy behind the counter was black. And again, I'm not thinking about it, but he po- he points at my shirt. It's like, cool shirt. And he, he talks about he loves Hogan. And you and I were like, well, apparently not everybody's pissed at him. <laughs> right? I, I, like I, I, I don't excuse I, it. I just I think that no, yeah. people are like, it was ignorant to say. Yeah. Look, honestly, if the guy was racist, he wouldn't have done stuff with uh, Rodman and Mr. T and Shaq. You know, yeah, I mean, said it stupid to say. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I have my own feelings and opinions and everything on this matter. I don't know. Like I said, I've never thought Hogan was racist, judging by his past. But, you know, but I I, not excusing it again. Racism doesn't work for me, brother. No. Furthering on with that, uh, Nick Ritchie, the publisher of TheDirt.com, who listened to what was said on all the sex tapes, said that besides the uh, Hogan's usage of the N-word being dubbed over the tapes, they also dubbed over Hogan's bad-mouthing of then-wife Linda and blaming her for, quote, effing up my MTV show. The <laughs> the Enquirer described... Wait, wait, what, what MTV show? Hogan Knows Best. Or was that VH1? Uh, well, it was VH1. I guess it's the same thing. I thought there was no. something missing. Okay. Hogan probably is like, whatever, it's music, video, television, brother. It's money, brother. Yeah, all I see is green. But the Enquirer is not. (laughs) The Enquirer's description of how everything went down is that they contacted Hogan on July 23rd and asked for a comment on the story that they were about to break. They said that Hogan, not them, 
alerted WWE, and WWE immediately ordered everything related to Hogan be taken off the website. They even took out his bronze statue. It was, I mean, they went on full-on blackout mode with, uh, well, pardon the pun, uh, uh, with, I, with Hulk Hogan. I didn't like it, man, but I got it. Like, when you have a board of directors yeah. answer to, and you got sponsors and everything. Yeah. As much as I it, love Hogan, sorry, some things are a lot bigger than just that. Yeah, so, it was. Um, I get it. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. It was a, It was rough, man. <laughs> and then they brought him back in, of all places, Saudi Africa, Arabia. That one was. Uh, well, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, they agree with those views over there. <laughs> holy crap. Uh, quickly. Am I on. wrong? I, I don't know. I'm moving on. Uh, Tammy Sitch was actually arrested three times, not once in recent months in Pen- the Pennsylvania area that she was living. The first time was the five, uh, was that five, that's May, right? May, uh, May 30th incident that was reported where she parked in front of a Walmart, hit the curb, failed to field, uh, the failed, the field sobriety test and had a blood alcohol content of 0.253, which is more than triple the legal limit. She was then charged. She was then charged with two counts of driving under the influence and one each for driving with a suspended license and another for careless driving. She was also stopped two days later and was stopped a third time after getting into a car crash on June 20th. How can someone get in that much trouble in that within a span of a month? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And then she eventually went to prison, as we all know. She was recently released. And what did she do upon release? Everybody's like, ah, give Sunny a chance, whatever. She's trying to make good. She's making her own porn again, which, yuck. But, and then what did she do right after that? She goes on a bunch of racist rants on Twitter. I'm starting to see a bad theme to this show. <laughs> Lots of racism. Well, we're not done. We got one more, Greg. <laughs> good Lord. Uh, and we got one more involving porn, too. So. Hold on to your hold on to your knickers. First involving okay, can racism. Can we like just put a, a PSA out there? We don't endorse anything. I think well, it's clear. Not. I think it's clear, yeah. but we need to make. It- <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot. Okay, I mean, there is. Uh, here's the one involving racism. Seth Rollins' girlfriend at the time was fired from WWE for having pictures online showing off her Nazi memorabilia around her home, and then basically saying that she had Nazi views. And she was not going to apologize for having the Nazi stuff. <sighs> that woman, by the way, you and I saw her at the Hall of Fame in 2018. And she... Uh, she was the she one was, with Sonya, right? Yeah, she was dating Sonya Deville. And you and I were both like, what? <laughs> How can somebody that's so, like, pro-gay rights... I mean, obviously she is because Sonya's gay, but... Right. Someone that's so pro gay rights be with a person who's a Nazi sympathizer. I just don't see that. I just, I, I don't know, man. That one doesn't work for me, brother. Good lord, man. Honestly, and, and I don't think I don't think anybody should ever be ranking racism things. But like, no, I think uh, sympathizing with Nazis may rank right near the top of the worst you can get. <laughs> I'm almost certain. Yeah, that's up there. That's uh, that's going for the gold. I'll say that. Here's the last thing involving porn, sort of. This one made me laugh at the time. Hope no kids are listening. I, I, I don't know if you remember this one. The WWE debuted the name The Submission Sorority for Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Paige on Raw. But oh, that, good grief! I forgot about that. 
that was short-lived as the company didn't do their research and quickly found out that it was the name of a porn website. <laughs> and the por- they found out because that porn website thanked them on social media for getting them so many hits within the last few days. We're just going to oh. overlook the whole page thing too, right? I mean, I'd rather not even... Oh, gosh. I'm not even... I, I'm not touching that one. It was, what's not funny about this was... They're like, oh, well, thanks for getting us so many hits in the last few days. How many children looked up this group and then found porn? That's the thing I'm that's just disturbing sitting here to thinking, me. Well, here's my thing. I'm like, what kid is going to hear that? And I, I will look that up. I mean, I there are little like girls kids, that are, you I, I know. I think kids I know, I'm like, I don't think any one of them is ever going to, hey, dad, let me use your phone or computer so I can look up submission sorority on Google. I mean, I see your well, point. Th- I just think. They might have been looking up, you know, because like if you know a little girl, they're like, "Oh, I love Becky Lynch or I love Charlotte or something." I'm gonna go look them up on on online, their new group, whatever. And oh, what's their group called? And they type it in, and then boom, porn. Well, wasn't that Triple H's uh, reasoning for keeping China out of the Hall of Fame for a long time? Was the porn thing? Yeah, I yeah. think I think so. Yeah, I guess there are reasons, are legit ones, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, I, I think it was Pritchard was talking about. JR when he would when like that's something that they talk about in the WWE interview and Conrad was just tickled with the fact that you know JR is having to sit there and ask people it's like hey well you know we just need to know right up front uh you know we don't want to be promoting WrestleMania you in the main event and then all of a sudden hey here's a picture of your ding dong <laughs> <laughs> that did make me laugh I will say that that's why because they were talking about Seth Rollins getting pictures leaked by the Nazi sympathizer chick by the way I don't see a correlation. <laughs> None at all. Uh, this was also around the time, by the way, Cena under John Cena. God dang it, pal. Full name. Government. There's only one. Well, it's like yeah. said Smith. <laughs> That's true. Uh, John Cena underwent surgery on July 28th for a broken nose suffered in a match the night before in Oklahoma City against Seth Rollins. You can't see knees. Yeah. Sorry, the, way the, no- <laughs> the way the nose was. Uh, was broken, affected his breathing, and he just freaking obliterated Cena's nose with that jumping knee. Boy, it was it was bad, dude. And yes, I bought that shirt going into SummerSlam. That said, you can't see me. One of my favorite shirts to this day. And He's for a huge Seth guy, by the way, I don't know if anyone realized that. Oh yeah, for sure. I was I was big into Tyler Black. So here's some positive news. Finally, at the end, I I don't see what was not positive about all the porn racism, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? WWE promoted John Cena's granting the 500th wish, which will actually take place on Monday before Raw at the Barclays Center. Since the founding of Make-A-Wish in 1980, no other celebrity has granted the number of wishes as John Cena. That is crazy to me. I know, we right? We were, oh, forgive my math, 35 years into it here? Yeah. Good Lord, man. I know. And John freaking Cena. Not Hulk Hogan, not Michael Jordan. I'd even say at this point, like at that point, even right now, like you could throw a Le- like LeBron James in there, or like some big names. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm the one still holds the crown. I'm going, I'm going through puberty on the podcast. So I don't know my voice cracked. Uh, it's <laughs> it's crazy though. I just yeah, it's it it really is nuts uh, to think about John Cena, and you know, I mean, you and I. Well, I don't know if you've ever cared if he's babyface or heel or not i i know me and others have always said ah, it would be cool to see a, he- a legit heel run out of cena you know but 
stuff like this, why it never happened, man. He said he never wanted to be heel. Uh, McMahon never wanted him to be heel for his merchandise sales and the Make-A-Wish stuff. So Clearly, when you see stuff like that, you think back to, like, you know, 06, 07, 08, 09, and people are, quote, quote, getting burned out on him, you know, and you were here in the crowds. That just tells yeah. me that, – that tells me that means nothing, what you hear in the arena. Yeah. Is what you're not – is what's – there's so much more love for him that's not in that arena that night. That's what that tells me. Right, yeah. And the adult fans are more vocal, uh, I would say. But, I mean, parents were buying Cena merch up like crazy for their kids. You know, kid, little kids don't have money, but their parents do. Parents are the ones buying this stuff up. Oh, little kids have loud as mouths, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Good stuff for Cena. I remember Daniel Bryan, I think, was doing a, a Make-A-Wish in... Uh, uh, David Buster's in Times Square. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What was that before SummerSlam? Or it was before NXT. No, no, I didn't think. I think it was like on a Friday because we were there. Ah, at night. that's right. We were there yeah. at night. So, um, but we saw Stephanie Man there too. Remember? <laughs> yeah, and we, yeah, I got a picture of her, uh, posing for before yeah. a picture. Uh, TJ, TJ but, was perving a dish. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But we we went up there. You know, because you have to go up an escalator. It's like on the second floor or whatever. And we went up there and we were going to go to Dave and Buster's and they had it all blocked off. We were like, what the hell? And kind of find out it was a Make-A-Wish thing. And Daniel Bryan was going to be there. Stephanie McMahon was posing for pictures. So that was pretty cool. But yeah. Hops in there like, Stephanie's here. Where the hell's Triple H? I got to see him. But he was not there. Yeah. The, I was heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. This little nerd over here. <laughs> Tickets to the public for WWE SummerSlam. On August 23rd at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, sold out immediately. Virtually all tickets had been sold via presale. Did you do yep. presale? I did, yeah. The moment you said we we're going, I was like, yep, we're on it. Yeah, because I remember you asked me, you're like, you want to go to SummerSlam? I was like, I can't afford those tickets right now. You're like, I just asked if you wanted to go. And I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, then yes. And yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we we did that, and I I wasn't expecting to do takeover the night before, but when they announced it, you're well, like, well, we didn't know things. we didn't know that until I just actually it's funny because I just I just saw the memory on Facebook. We didn't know that until early like June, early July, right? And I remember Kevin Owens scathing promo in full sale when they booed when uh, he was talking about takeover in Brooklyn. They booed and said we deserve it and whatever. And, uh, we and, got them back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because all the Brooklyn chanted full sale sucks during the show. So that was cool. You can hear it. I believe it's very audible during the Liger uh, Breeze match. Yeah. And full, I mean, they, they sold out the Barclays for that show. But no, put it in dinky little full sale where, you know, people don't really have to pay for their tickets. Like, yeah, that, that makes sense. And don't get them national exposure. Whatever. Uh, last story I have. This was the first since 2008 to be held at SummerSlam, that is, pal. God dang it, pronouns. Uh, is that a but, pronoun? Is that a noun? <laughs> well, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a name, so it's now. a noun. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the first uh, SummerSlam since 2008 to be held outside of, Los Angel outside of Los Angeles as the Staples Center was the exclusive home for SummerSlam from 2009 to 2014, and the eighth SummerSlam to be held in the New York metropolitan area, the Izod Center, was originally or was originally supposed to host SummerSlam, but due to its closure in April of 2015, the event was moved to the Barclays Center. I think that was best. Yeah, because well, the Izod Center is a pain in the ass to get to, or it was, because it's right next to where the Giants and Jets play, and ooh. I don't want to go over my WrestleMania 35, post-WrestleMania 35 travel experience, but Let's just say this is better. 
So, so it was in New Jersey? Yeah. Ew. Yeah, you and I didn't go to New Jersey, so I'm just putting that out there. All I right, man. Sense, by the way, any Jersey people listening to this, that was not me. I've been there a couple times now. Yes, but you didn't have anything positive to say about it. I'm not saying anything negative. <laughs> you did? Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, I, I didn't I will say, say this. it smelled like crap everywhere. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I, the one thing I did want to go to New Jersey for was um, where they do Comic Book Man, that, that store, Secret uh, Stash. I've been there, actually. Yeah. My very first trip to New York. Yeah, screw right, you. My very first day in New York, we drove there. The only reason we didn't do it was because it was a long drive, and you and I were yeah. were walking it everywhere. So we'll return after these messages. They say if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say, "What a load of bull hockey! All that saving up and paying off debt, and now some identity thief wants to set it free. Crazy talk." LifeLock helps monitor your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. If you become a victim, we'll help fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code LifeLock. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. All right, man, time to get into the actual event itself. If you haven't noticed, this show might run a little long because there's a lot to get into here, but we'll try to keep it short and succinct as much as possible. WWE SummerSlam 2015, date August 23rd, 2015, for the Barclays Center in New York, or Brooklyn, New York. The attendance was 15,702, and the pay-per-view buy rate, excluding network buys, was 121,000. So Real quick, though, that is, like, why are you paying 65, 70 bucks for a pay-per-view? Are you paying 10 bucks for the network? I'm still baffled by that. Well, it was explained by a couple people. They said, well, you got to think in some areas... Like, you know, their internet couldn't handle all the streaming very well. And it was still in the early days of the network and all that. So well, a lot of people, like the network runs at 4K. <laughs> yeah. But some people just don't have good internet at all. Me, where I live now, I have AT&T U-verse, not to call them out, but it oh, absolutely <laughs> sucks. Yeah, it absolutely sucks. And I'm lucky if I can stream Netflix, you know, on this. So... You know, online gaming is is glitchy. So you know, it's stuff like that. So a lot of people back in 2015 still didn't have great internet. So this was still people doing that. Plus the fact that uh, Eric Bischoff talked about. I think it was him that talked about. It. It's like you know, some people are that's just a creature of habit. You know, they're like they don't think about ordering it beforehand. They're just like, oh, in the WWE running a pay per view tonight. Ah, yeah, it's on it's on my TV. You know, order. So. You got to think about that kind of stuff, too. But yeah, financially wise, it does make sense. I will say that. But the show opens with I forgot about this detail, but it was a major one. So I don't know why I forgot about it. Uh, John Stewart welcomes us to the show. He's the host of SummerSlam. Are we going to uh, just overlook the fact that a Demi Lovato song opened this show? Uh, yeah, they they picked Cool for the Summer, which was a popular song at the time, very popular song at the time. Demi Lovato was very hot in more ways than one. And was, yeah, okay. 
is whatever you know but uh <laughs> she's in my fave five dog but anyway this song it's like i feel like they were like ah, it's popular and it has the word summer in it let's put it on the show it's like ew like you think of all the big cool songs they've opened up shows with in wwe history demi effing lovato <laughs> I felt a little weird when we're like getting pumped up. They're like, welcome to SummerSlam. And then they start playing Demi Lovato. And I was just kind of like, this is a memory I'll have forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Stuart welcomes us to the show and he pumps up WWE and how much he's always loved it and been a fan. He respects the wrestlers. He then says that he needs backup because he's going to interview Brock Lesnar. And he brings out the hardcore legend Mick Foley. And Foley comes out. I popped because I've never seen Foley live. So that was a bucket list item for me. Uh, Mick comes out and says that he thought that John, he, he misunderstood him on the phone. He said he thought he wanted him to interview Rock, not Brock. And he said he, it, you know, and, and Stuart was like, well, you're the guy that got thrown through the cell and whatever. And he was like, yes, that was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> so he uh, he went off on him and said he's like, he informs the former Daily Show host. He's like, you're on your own. <laughs> and he takes off. But it was cool to see Mick, you know, come out and, you know, just for a moment there. Because we don't see him anymore on the show. But, well, you know, he made the drive in from Long Island, which is like spitting distance away, right? Right. Yeah. It's like, who else, who's in New York? God, Mick Foley. God dang it. Get him to the show. And the weird thing was, I didn't think about this until I was watching. He was at the next SummerSlam as well as the general manager of Raw. Oh, that's right. Unveiling that ugly ass universal title <laughs> and getting. Don't worry. We, don't worry. I was there, too. We gave it hell. <laughs> Yeah, I know you did. But uh, the first match of the show was Randy Orton versus Sheamus. This match went for 12 minutes, 13 seconds. The finale of the match is Sheamus missing a bro kick, Orton going for the RKO and getting shoved off, and then Sheamus nails a bro kick, Orton bounces off the corner, comes back, gets another bro kick, and Sheamus wins. Uncle Dave said, quote, Good match. Kind of a surprise how clean Sheamus went over, and he got the pin with two broke kicks after escaping an RKO. Not as good as their last pay-per-view match. I gave it two and a half stars. Uncle Dave gave it three. What do you say? I Right below you guys, I said two. thought it was oh. okay. You, you thought it was below average? I thought it was just okay. Yeah, I thought it was really well worked. I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan in the world. I like yeah, Sheamus. I'm a huge fan of both these guys, and that's probably why I was like, oh, it could have been better. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really remember what their pay-per-view match was before this, so I didn't really have that to go off of. And this was the match uh, you and I laughed because he Sheamus gets on the mic and he's like, Respect the Hawk! <laughs> <laughs> and then when Sheamus wins at the end, the crowd's booing, you and I are going crazy, we're like, yeah, Sheamus! And then a certain person that you and I know was absolutely furious that Orton got beat especially clean and said makes no sense <laughs> i'm like oh, oh, makes sense it makes all the sense in the world to me <laughs> more now right uh, after this man this was kind of weird just because of where we are today but the new day comes out as heels and they say that new york is filthy and disgusting and they know nothing about hip-hop because it originated in the south and then i they, i got a point <laughs> I got to point out something. I don't know if you remember, but they they did um, a parody of that song in New York from Jay-Z and Alicia Keys, but it's cut off. Yes. You and I forgot about no, that. Them. Oh, did they cut it off the, the network? They When I watched it, they did. Oh, yeah. okay. Because I was watching it on Daily Motion, so that's why mm. I saw it. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's off the network. Yeah. 
wow, that surprises me. Because it's a parody. Why would they need to cut that off the network? I don't they, know. You, you don't get, you can't get sued for parodies. Just ask Weird Al Yankovic. Or the BWO. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, this one, yeah, because they did, I, I wrote here, they did a, a uh, rendition of New York by, uh, New York, New York by uh, Alicia Keys and Jay-Z. And my favorite line was Biggie saying, all them other tag teams are booty. <laughs> <laughs> I and feel like next- this was the, uh, the debut of booty. Yeah, it was it was around this time, yeah. And then the next night on Raw, they come out with um Xavier playing the trombone and they do uh New York by Frank Sinatra. But yeah, they changed it from New York, New York to New Day, New Day. <laughs> so this is I here's where I said in my notes, I said it's very weird to see the New Day as heels. But For me it's weird seeing Kofi as a heel. Yeah, that one's a little odd because he's always been a babyface until this. Uh Xavier Woods kind of similar he was never really a heel big e was a heel up until the new day turned face like up yeah. until then he would always been it well i take that back he was a baby face in nxt uh when he was a champion i believe regardless this this next match is the new day kofi kingston and big e representing the new day uh they are the wwe tag team champions back when they only had the penny belts it was just the black strap with the like the copper looking plate uh they are taking on the lucha now they got nickel belts yeah, uh, they they legit, upgraded. They get more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, since they updated or since they upgraded on the the plating, they had to downgrade on the leather. So now they've got that little toy leather crap that's red and blue. Yeah, it's a new day taking on the Lucha Dragons, Sin Cara, and Kalisto. I have a picture with Sin Cara. I don't know if you remember that from WrestleMania Access. I do. Mm-hmm. I have that too. Uh, and a yeah. picture with Jason Jordan and Broski. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, I got one with Broski. Yeah, that was in uh, the chamber. Uh, Hell yeah. They're taking on Los Matadores, Diego and Fernando. They have El Torito in their corner. And the final team are the primetime players, Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. I actually, the the only person in this entire match, okay, two people, I do not have figures of, are Calisto and El Torito. I have Los Matadores. I have all three members of the New Day in multiple iterations. I have Sin Cara. Not this Sin Cara, the old Sin Cara. <laughs> and I have the primetime players. I don't know. I still need that Kaliso, man. I'll have this whole match. But this match went on for I 11 minutes. Yeah, screw you. This match went on for 11 minutes, 22 seconds. Uncle Dave said the New Day sang before the match and got over huge as faces with the fans chanting New Day rocks when it was over. Do you think this is when the turn really started when the crowd it's, was like, nah, you're baby was, faces? I think it was starting. Yeah. Because the New, New York was like, we're not going to boo you. We're just not. I remember I was getting into them at this time. You and I both, I think. And some of the crowd, when they would do the New Day Rocks, the, the crowd would chant New Day Sucks. Yeah. Well, it was only a fraction of them, but most of the crowd was loudly chanting New Day Rocks. So, and why wouldn't they? Yeah, and this this was the time when they started really getting over as baby faces and people rejected them as heels, which is the opposite of John Cena. But yeah, anyway, like, uh, Becky Lynch, too. Yeah, that too. I remember when she supposedly had her big heel turn and she got cheered like a god. Oh, yeah. I was there in, uh, it was at SummerSlam, same building. Uh, yeah. A couple of years later, I was there with Ramon and, yep, I was going crazy for beating the hell out of Charlotte. <laughs> I don't know why the WWE thought this will get her over as a big, big, nasty heel. Like, nah, they're going to love her. But this match, I thought, was an entertaining car crash. The crowd was hot for everything. In the end, Titus O'Neil nailed the Clash of the Titus on one of the Matadors, I don't know which, 
Uh, but Kofi kicked Titus right in the face, pushed him out of the ring, and then Big or, sorry, Big E pushed Titus out of the ring, and Kofi pinned the Matador for the win. Uncle Dave really liked this. He gave it three and one four star. I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it three. I, I forgot how much I enjoyed it. And also, watching it back, yeah. I forgot how uh, over the primetime players were. I know, right? Like the crowd, when Titus set him, uh, set somebody up in the corner and he went to the opposite corner, the crowd was ready to do that gator bark thing with him, man. Like they were, they were into it. And when the primetime players came out, the crowd was dancing and hollering and they were, they were hot for it. And, um, um, that shirt, man, the primetime players, we saw it everywhere because of partially because they looked like the old primetime wrestling logo, but man, it was everywhere in New York, I swear. Yeah, it was it was cool, man. So so naturally, what did WWE do? They broke him up, <laughs> and then they gave Darren Young a stupid gimmick where he was followed around by Bob Backlund. Well, they were yeah. trying to make him great again. Yeah, that, that, that's implying that he was great to begin with. <laughs> anyway, we're back to John Stewart in the backstage. He's with his son, uh, who kind of looked like Nicholas, the uh, former WWE tag team champion. <laughs> Ah, man, another another memory of live shows you and I have been to. But he's talking to Neville and Stephen Amell. Stuart is fanboying over Amell when the lights drop, smoke billows in, and the Undertaker randomly walks by. The lights come back on, they stand around kind of awkwardly, and then Stuart asks Amell, he's like, can you sign my kid's shirt? Uh, you don't have to, like, address it to him, just just sign your name. <laughs> so oh, that, was, that was funny. This this whole segment was weird. It's It's... I don't know, man. Looking at Pac or Neville or whatever you want to call him then was just the like... The bastard. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, we'll, we'll allow it. I'll allow it. It's a real name, by the way. I'm not just saying that. They really call him that, so... Oh, yeah. Big... It's it just like... He hasn't aged. I realize this was, you know, quote-unquote, only five years ago, but five years can play hell on somebody. Uh, he looks the same, just with a big beard. I feel like he yeah. sounds a little more demented, too. Oh, well, yeah, he got more into that character than, than here. Here, he was supposed to be like a superhero. But we'll get into that when, when the match pops up. Next up, I forgot this was a freaking thing, but this just shows that Vince has been was trying to break up Lana and Rusev literally from go. <laughs> it was Dolph Ziggler with Lana in his corner versus Rusev with Summer Rae in his corner. This went on for 11 minutes, 50 seconds. Too long. Lana is out of the business suits now and is wearing a jeans outfit. I forgot this is where she debuted it. But I was, she was more trying than okay to... with that. <laughs> well, she was trying to do the uh, 80s throwback stuff to keep up with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. To end the match, Rusev locks Dolph in the accolade while Summer Rae goes for Lana. But Lana slaps Summer Rae. Rusev breaks the hold and then goes outside to confront her and with Dolph, rather. And then uh, Summer, Summer Rae takes out Lana with a, like a tackle. Dolph super kicks the crap out of Rusev, and both men are down and counted out. The crowd puked this finish up, and I forgot about it, maybe for good reason. Uncle Dave said, quote, the match was okay before the finish. Rusev did some impressive stuff for his size, and he really did. Like, Rusev is really good. He just never got, after his uh, win streak ended, he didn't get much of a chance to shine after that. We both rated it, me and Uncle Dave, both rated it uh, two and a half stars average what say you oh man i hated this i said one star really i thought the match itself was okay to your point might have been a little too long the finish was booty 
I don't know. This is just, I hated this whole feud. I don't understand what Vince's obsession was with, we have this hot act with Rusev and Lana. They're legitimately getting married. Let's break them up. I, I don't get it. Like, why? Like, he saw dollar signs in Lana for obvious reasons. Not in Rusev. I, I don't get it. And Rusev was a hot act with Lana, like I was talking about, during that win streak. Why would you not see dollar signs in that? Well, like, at the time of this recording, he's like two weeks away from being free. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see what happens after that. I don't know where if he's going to go with his government name. I think it's like Mirko or something like that. Well, it depends yeah, I, on what I, uh, TK wants. <laughs> what you you honestly think he's going to AEW? I, I think so. I think it makes sense. I wouldn't hate it. I'll say that. I just I don't know. I don't know where he'd fit in in AEW. Maybe he'll go to Impact, pal. Why? Well, that seems to be the, the rumor with a lot of former WWE guys. So, I don't know. Let's hope not for his, his sake. After the match, by the way, Rusev starts beating up on Dolph until the ladies get into a cat fight. Then all of a sudden, the men are like, whoa, 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 stop fighting. we got to break the women up. And then Rusev bails with Summer. So, whatever. I forgot that Summer Ray played a Lana clone during this. Also, boy... Up next, man, this, uh, speaking of, oi, actually, this wasn't bad. I, I'm exaggerating. It was Stephen Amell who played Arrow in the show Arrow, and he, his tag team partner, Neville, they are taking on King Barrett and Stardust. This match went about seven and a half minutes. 50% of this match is currently in AEW. 25% of this match is doing commentary in NWA. And 25% of this match was actually a special, re- made a special wrestling appearance at All In. And you said you never watched All In, so you didn't see that. I think I think uh, Amel took on Christopher Daniels one-on-one, and they had a pretty good match. For those of you that don't remember, King Barrett, Wade Barrett, Bad News Barrett, whatever the hell. Uh, All the above. I I, I just hated this, man, because like, I felt that... Okay, Wade first Barrett, of all, this is the Red Arrow and the Green Arrow. I mean, that's money right there. Oh, hell yeah. But think, think about 50% of this match is in AEW. Stardust, who is Cody, and Neville, who is so, Hawk. So 25% of this match is AEW. Basically. And Barrett is doing commentary in NWA. I, I felt like he was one of the biggest missed boats in all of WWE. Like, I don't understand why he wasn't... Like, he even got that stupid Bad News Barrett over. Like, he got it over. Crowd loved it. So let's kill him. Put, make him a king. God dang it. And right here, he's supposed to be like a comic book villain with Stardust, so he's the Cosmic King. <sighs> it's just all kinds of stupid. Anyway, the actual match here. In the end, Stephen Amell does a dive to the outside on Barrett and Stardust. Neville then nails the red arrow on Barrett for the win. Uncle Dave said, quote, Neville was real good when he was in. Amell was a lot better than he had any business being. Match was about what you'd think it would be overall. He gave it two and one four stars. I gave it an even two. What say you? I gave it three only because I thought Emil was so better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, he was. He was yeah. really good. And then I had a lot of fun I, with this. Yeah, it was. I mean, this was one of the matches I was looking forward to. I kind of hated the. I thought the buildup was so silly. Whereas, like Stardust is like, I'm a comic book villain, and it's like, <laughs> God dang it! <laughs> so I uh, I remember the the raw we were talking about, the one uh, tribute for Piper. Seth Rollins like he's gonna face somebody. He's got to be like five foot whatever, and you know, a couple hundred pounds or whatever. It may sound like it was gonna be Hornswoggle, and it ended up being, um, it ended up being Neville. 
and it turned out to be like one of the best matches ever. I don't know if you remember real quick. Uh, we're in Target after this event. Like, yeah, right, right across the street. And some guys all talking, well, man, tonight was Seth Rollins' best match in WWE. I'm like, well, no, his best match was a couple weeks ago against Neville because that match was amazing. But the reason, I bring it up, the reason I bring it up, it was the it was the, the Piper tribute show. The reason I bring it up, though, is because I just laughed at that uh, Neville was in the world title match on Raw before this. All of a sudden, he's in this tag match. That's by all rights, a throwaway match. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but it's like, wow, within a couple uh, of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of a throwaway match. I will, I, I would argue it was one of the marquee matches because it's like, oh, we got, we got Stephen Amell and we've build, been building okay, this up. Okay, let's but, just ease up on the marquee and Stephen Amell, please. He's not that big of a star. But. No, but at, I mean, uh, I mean, Arrow was super hot at the time. You know, one of the most watched shows on TV. Where, well, I don't think on that's CW. true. Or maybe, maybe that, but I would not say the most watched on TV. No, not on TV, <laughs> but on 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 that channel, it was very, very hot. It was a big money maker for them. Uh, it, you know, and it and it was the crux of building the TV DC universe. And yeah, I, I mean, this led to Cody Rhodes actually being on arrow as a character in a couple episodes so my favorite thing stardust ever did i think was the right after it was the raw right after david bowie had died he did the bowie uh like lightning bolt face paint yeah. like, like that and it took me a second i'm like ziggy stardust i got it <laughs> this i don't know i all these guys in this match that besides amel i mean amel's good uh but he's you know he's not a wrestler but the three other guys, man, I was all three missed boats by WWE. I think I thought they were kind of getting into. Okay, but let's level. be let's be honest here. You can only say this about so many guys. I mean, yeah. there's clearly stuff that we don't know, like why they didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, easy to go off of. Oh, the crowd was hot, but we don't know what else was going on. So that's like I don't like saying that so often. Yeah, like, maybe bear just I don't know. Maybe no one maybe didn't like anybody, or we, we don't know. I mean. I think their thing with him was he got injured a handful of times and they didn't, I don't know, they didn't and, trust him. And yet Edge was always there, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's double standard, I mean, but either way, I don't know. I mean, you could say the same thing. I mean, that's that, that, but like, oh, the misboat about Neville, but like, AEW hasn't done anything with him either, so. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, they've built him up in a few, you know, quote unquote big matches, whatever. I but, honestly haven't seen him this whole time. Is he stuck in England or something? I think, yeah, I think he's he's at home and he's not allowed to travel because if he was like here, the, he's like the theme I, with a lot of British wrestlers right now. Yeah, I know. Up next, we uh, we see a shot of the four tough enough finalists in the front row. One of them is married to Wesley Blake and another one is Mandy Rose. The two guys went on to do zilch. <laughs> so, I mean, the. Sarah Lee or whatever her name was that married Wesley Blake. I mean, it's not like that's you know, look what I did. You know, <laughs> you married the guy who stayed in NXT longer than anybody in history. Good for you. You married not Murphy. Cool. <laughs> not uh, Murphy. What the hell? <laughs> well, am I wrong? Well, for I'm no, sorry. I think it's just it. like you say that when it's like two big names, like uh, yeah. uh just. Well, yeah, Murphy went on to do him. stuff, and he didn't. So, I mean, he, well, first he was not Murphy, and now See, well, hold on. This is what I say about Private Party. They are not the Street Profits. I feel yeah. like that makes some sense. Like, not Murphy. <laughs> hey, Murphy's on TV every week, so there's that. 
But up next, man, Ryback defending the Intercontinental title against The Big Show and The Miz. This was another one of the matches I forgot was even on the card. If I remember correctly, this was a month delayed because something happened. Like, didn't someone get hurt or suspended or something? Or I hell if I, I know. Yeah, it was supposed to happen the month before. I remember that for a fact. Because so I remember, like, I remember, I remember bitching about it. Oh, sorry, can I say? <laughs> I remember complaining about it uh, to you. Like, oh lord, now we're gonna get saddled with this. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. We did. It was five and minutes. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to go seconds. back and look because I'm curious. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was five minutes, 22 seconds. The match ends when the Big Show hits a KO punch on The Miz, and Ryback, over the babyface, clotheslines the Big Show out of the ring and makes the cover on The Miz to retain the title. So he took the heel way out. Cool. Uh, I said, not that Ryback was great, but The Big Show really brought this match quality down. Uncle Dave had said, quote, the first time people expected a change, but after that, didn't really happen. Match was nothing special but it was really exactly what it should have been. He gave it two stars. I only gave it one and a half. What say you? Solid one. Yeah, this match was booty. Blah. If you have to go back I, and I watch gave, one thing, this is not like, it. I was like, if I'm going to give it two stars, it's because I love The Miz. And I can't give a star because I love someone, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't is, hate Ryback, by the way. No, I, I actually liked Ryback. I didn't at first because I felt like they made a Goldberg clone, and but after a while he kind of came into his own. I hated the Ryback rules crap, uh, like where he was a heel bully guy. That's yeah. just dumb. Uh, I'm still hoping for a comeback in the ring one day. I guess he said he's from everything from what I've heard. He's, he said he's trying to get into the best shape of his life, like ring ready. Okay, yeah, because so. you know he's out of shape, right? <laughs> Well, no, but he, I mean, like, I think he's off all the, you know, extra stuff, you know, <laughs> so, and he's, uh, he's been a fitness fanatic forever. So I, I really would like to see him somewhere, not WWE. I don't think, I don't know with his personality. I learned to stop saying never. So no, I, yeah, I'm not saying never. I, uh, I, I, with his personality, he just doesn't seem like he's, he's very outspoken. He seems like he refuses to be quiet. And mind and, his own and yet, and business. And yet he doesn't like CM Punk. I don't understand it. I feel like they're two peas in a pod. I did laugh when he called CM Punk a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the hair. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good Lord. John Stewart's backstage knocking on Brock Lesnar's dressing room door. Paul Heyman comes out and tells Stewart it's not a good time. And he reminds Stewart of Brock breaking The Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania 30. Because he had to drive that home for like three years. Stewart it's says only that... been one, but... Well, no, yeah, I know. It's, it, so we got two more years to go. Uh, Stewart says implying that, that he's done, but <laughs> yeah, Stewart says that no one remind or remembers who broke Joe DiMaggio's streak. They just remember the streak. And he tells Heyman that Lesnar ending the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak f- uh, for fans was like waking up to coal on Christmas morning. Heyman says, Glo- or sings "Glory, Glory, Brock Lesnar" and walks off. This was I. I will say this as weird as this sounds coming out of my mouth. I thought John Stewart cut a hell of a promo on Paul. Well, like, am I wrong here? No, but I think John Stewart's a fantastic speaker. Yeah, I mean he's good. It's just like I, I wasn't expecting that. It was it was a I didn't hate it. <laughs> I'll say that. It was it was good stuff. Good crap, pal. Uh, up next we got Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. This match went just shy of eleven minutes. Uncle Dave called this quote the best match so far, but shorter than what you'd think. 
again, half of these man. I disagree with that show, best match so far, but yeah, uh, well, again, half of these men are now in AEW, one on each team, <laughs> and this struck me while I was watching it too. Luke Harper is the only man in this match that has never won a world title. Not at this point. I just mean like as of 2020. He's never won a world title. And Ambrose, Reigns, and Wyatt would also go on to hold multiple versions of world titles. You, you, have you thought of that? Not till now, but... Yeah. Ambrose was uh, WWE champ, and now he's AEW champ. Reigns and Wyatt would be both WWE and Universal champions. So, And Luke Harper was one time the Intercontinental champion. So there's there's that. Ugh. The match ends with Ambrose hitting dirty deeds on Wyatt, tagging in Reigns, and then Reigns hit a spear on Wyatt for the pin. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. He really liked it. I gave it three. What say you? I gave it three as well. But I still think the I don't think it was the best match to this point. What do you think was the I, tag match? I still match? think that the other tag match, yeah. But damn good yeah. though. It was really good. But what I feel was the best match of the night was up next. This was the match that I think you and I were the loudest for, at least that I can remember. It was Seth Rollins versus John Cena. It was WWE title versus a US title. I had to like remind myself, it's like, oh wait, Seth is the WWE champ and Cena is the US champ. Like, like thinking about it's kind of weird. Still you know? weird looking back at it too. <laughs> I know. It was. It went for just shy of 19 and a half minutes. Seth Rollins' white Power Ranger-looking ass gets cheered like a god by the Brooklyn crowd, by the way. Like, as soon as his music hits, just they blow the roof off the arena. So that was cool. I was... And the funny thing was, I just bought that shirt and was wearing it, the You Can't See Me shirt, and then you were wearing a John Cena shirt. And I know, I think your profile picture for the longest time on social media was you during the show in the Cena gear, wasn't it? It still is on Facebook, I believe. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you and I were heavily against each other here. The fans next to us, there was like two dads with their kids next to us, and the dads were pulling for Cena. Or, I mean, excuse me, they were pulling for Rollins, and the kids were pulling for Cena. What was funny was they were like, they were like betting each other throughout the whole show, like with each match. And they were like writing down who who got the who got the win. <laughs> that was funny. Yo, if I win at the end of the night, I get the most picks right. You give me your allowance this week. I <laughs> I get an extra hour on Fortnite. Yeah. Wow. Seth Rollins was dressed like a white Power Ranger. You and I were both laughing at that. Was it Ramon that had texted you? It was like, oh, he looks like Tommy. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. The match ends when the ref gets bumped before Cena hits the attitude adjustment on Rollins. And then Jon Stewart runs out with a chair. He teases like he's going to hit Seth, but he actually hits Cena in the gut and, and throws the chair down and leaves, letting Rollins hit the pedigree on the chair for the win. Uncle Dave called this an absolutely incredible match with a finish that will garner a ton of publicity. He gave it four and a half stars. I actually gave this match five stars. I loved it so much. What, what do you say? I was on the fence, so I was like, uh, I'm going to go four. I don't like handing out fives unless it's like classic. And this was damn near a classic, but I mean, in hindsight, Cena would have an even better match, if possible, a year later. Uh, With AJ? Yeah. But yeah, but, it's, uh, it's like, man, this match was so damn good, though. Like these I, said, two, I don't I like thought... just giving out fives per- personally. but Yeah. Well, this one, I just I enjoyed it so much. I could watch it on repeat. I thought they had great chemistry together. I thought Rollins was at his 
peak right here. I mean, he's still doing great work. I'm not saying that, but I just, man, 2015 was like so, he was so damn good. He did injure two people this year pretty severely, but <laughs> next up, man, was not good. Well, it's not to me. It was Team Bella, which was Nikki oh, and Marie Bella God. and Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. They took on the newly named Team PCB, which was Paige, Charlotte, and Becky. That's real original, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't even freaking try with that one. I'm like, blah. And then they took uh, the third team was Team Bad, Beautiful and Dangerous. It was Tamina Snuka, Naomi, and uh, Sasha Banks. There for a minute, I forgot this even existed, any of these teams. Well, because Sasha had a five-star match the night before and is all of a sudden doing this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow, what a different See, that, hours see that's make. also why I didn't give that last match five stars. I'm like, wow, I already saw a five-star match. I just, yeah. The yeah. night before, so. Well, this was a three-team elimination match, which dragged it out longer. Which is great, because yeah, I was going to say, because we needed more of this match. <laughs> right. Went for 15 minutes, 15, uh, or yeah, 15 minutes, 15, uh, 16 seconds. It's weird seeing Eden Styles, a.k.a. Brandy Rhodes, as the ring announcer for this match. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? A little bit. Because I saw, I was like, oh, crap, Brandy, and it said Eden Styles, And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Team Bad is eliminated first when Bree hits a facebuster off the middle rope onto Tamina for the pin. Even back then, man, Tamina taking them taking them losses. The final pin happens when Becky hits a pump handle Uranagi on Bree for the pin and the win. Uh, Uncle Dave said this was quote not like some of the NXT matches, but well above the usual WWE women's match. I agreed because it didn't suck. I will say that. And at this time, a lot of women's matches in WWE pretty much sucked. Uncle Dave freaking gave it three effing stars. I gave it two and a half for average. What do you give it? Okay, I, I was tempted to give it one, but watching it back, I was like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Uh, I didn't think it was a bad I did, match. I couldn't, it was see, on... I couldn't see who the winner was going to be, so I was like, okay, points for that. Yeah. It wasn't predictable, so... Right. I gave it two. Yeah, I thought it was decent. Uh, I, I thought this would have been better on Raw. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the next night on Raw they had a big women's match and that went on forever, and the crowd just did the wave and and completely yeah. ignored them. Yep. Yeah. So it seemed to be a a theme with women's matches on Raw that year. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Divas Revolution, though, Greg. Well, the night after WrestleMania 31 in San Jose. It was like uh, eight woman tag or something, and I feel like almost every woman in that match was like dating someone on the roster. So like when Nikki got in, they were saying "You suck, Cena," and I think when Naomi wow. got in, they were saying "You suck, Uso," and stuff like that. So yeah, classy. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. I, I'm just I so glad I can say I'm so glad I can say most of them did not live in my area. They're from WrestleMania. They made that clear when they were promoting uh, the the show I went to where they did Piper's um, uh, memorial. Yeah, uh, they were they advertised tickets for that show that night, and the crowd started chanting, "We don't live here." And so I'm like, "Cool, wow. I, can, I can easily say none of this trash I was saying all that crap lived here." So, bye. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> well, up next was it, this was kind of the death spot, which is sad because I thought this match was really good. It was Kevin Owens versus Cesaro. Uh, it went for 14 minutes, 17 seconds. Again, Kevin Owens just had an amazing ladder match the night before at NXT Takeover Brooklyn. Owens wins when 
uh, wins what was, in my opinion, a fantastic match with a pop-up powerbomb. Uncle Dave said, quote, It was a tough spot on the card for anyone, and they did as well in that spot as anyone was going to tonight. He gave it three and three-fourths stars. I give it four to four and a half stars. What do you say? I love this match. I give it a four. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. And I'm sorry, I hate that excuse. I get it, but I hate when people, oh, they were in a bad spot. Well, then, you know, do something to make people care still. I, yeah. I just, I, I hate that excuse. I, I will never get behind it, ever. Well, the thing, I, the reason I get behind it is they did try. I thought they put out a hell of an effort. The crowd was only mildly into it. Okay, but here's my thing. The next year, I was at the, the same event. Cena and um, AJ had the, like that maybe six-star match. And Valor and yeah. Rollins followed it, and it was still hot. So, again, I that's why I can't buy into that that much. I'm like, yeah. do well, something to keep them into it. And I thought they did. Uh, this this show was long. They were The thing is, they were sandwiched between the Divas match and Lesnar Taker. Right, right. And here's my thing about that. Had they followed Cena and Rollins right away, okay, maybe I get some leeway. But their following, in my opinion, was close to a dud. So Yeah. We'll return after these messages. They say, if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say, What a load of bull hockey! All that saving up and paying off debt, and now some identity thief wants to set it free? Crazy talk! LifeLock helps monitor your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. If you become a victim, we'll help fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code LifeLock. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. But this was the main event of the show, man. It was Brock Lesnar taking on The Undertaker, who, you know, 18 months after his streak was ended, now he's looking for revenge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this match went on for 17 minutes, 9 seconds. I couldn't see this sitting in the crowd that night, but, you know, when they put the camera on him here and I'm watching it, Taker was sucking wind like halfway through this match. Did you notice that? I did. And yeah. uh, one thing I wanted to point out too, it, well, go ahead. No, we'll get to the end. It's later. So I don't know. Okay. Lesnar jumps the Undertaker before he, before Taker even gets his coat off. At one point, Taker goes for the last ride through the announce table, but Lesnar gets out of it and goes, uh, puts him through the table of the F5. Lesnar has been busted open at somehow at this point. Did you see how he got busted open? I don't remember how exactly. Yeah. Cause well, this match was kind of like, go from the beginning so yeah well because the the first time i saw the blood was right after the f5 and then he gets back in the ring and i'm like whoa he's bleeding like why the lesnar pops right up after a choke slam and then kicks out at two after a tombstone he like right at two it's like one two kick out this is where they they both do that sit-up spot where lesnar sits up starts laughing then taker sits up and is like ha 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 and then punches him in the face Lesnar tries to lock in the Kimura in the corner, but uh, but Taker breaks it, turns it into a last ride, which Lesnar kicks out of. Taker is able to kick out of an F5, 
which shocked the crap out of me. And then he kicks out of another F5, which when he hit that F5, I probably said it out loud in the crowd. I was like, that's it. He's done. He's freaking Lesnar wins again. But Taker kicked out and he locked in Hell's Gate on Lesnar. Lesnar reversed it into a Kimura, which you say is the ugliest Kimura in all of anything. <laughs> Taker turned that into a pin, but Lesnar kicked out at two. And then the timekeeper rings the bell randomly. And referee Charles Robinson tells the timekeeper off. And he says, I tell you when to ring the bell. The match is still going on. And then behind the referee's back, Undertaker like crawls up and low blows Lesnar. Then locks in Hell's Gate again. And then Lesnar passes out while flipping the Undertaker the bird. Uncle Dave called this, quote, a really good physical match and quote for the most part the crowd cheered both guys me and uncle dave both gave it four stars what say you same four i great i loved the whole thing with the bell and not sure what was going on i loved that i thought it was brilliant yeah at the time i was confused as hell yeah looking back at like wow that was brilliant it wasn't until the Uh, show was over and we got to sit there for like a couple seconds and think it over and we were like Okay, now it sunk in what happened. <laughs> yeah, so for those who didn't see it, I guess the timekeeper saw the Undertaker tapping out, which he did. It's clear as day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, saw, I wanted to point out, though, I don't know if you remember, because like, nowadays Brock is kind of like booed heavily. Do you remember the Undertaker was crawling, literally crawling out of the arena, and he c- collapses yeah. like right at the entrance, uh, right at the beginning of the entrance, and the crowd blows up when he collapses. Wow, no, I, I don't like, remember that one. I was like, I'm still shocked. I'm like, wow. I mean, that's for, first of all, it's the Undertaker. Second, yeah. if they're cheer, if they're if they're laughing and cheering that, that means they're pro Brock. And I felt like it was more pro Brock that night than anything. Yeah, it, it was a weird time in WWE with fans. Uh, after the match, I said Undertaker stumbled to the back. They showed some of it. They didn't show him collapsing. Heyman goes absolutely nuts, ringing the bell repeatedly. Then he grabs a mic and says, no, 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 no. Then he says, everybody saw what he saw, and the winner is Brock Lesnar. And that is, I believe, like, because what was the finish at SummerSlam 2014? Do you remember? That was Brock and Cena, right? Oh, was it? Okay. I think so, so, yeah. So the year before, Lesnar destroys Cena in a glorified squash match to close the show. This one was a screwed finish with Brock and Taker. And the next year, wasn't it Brock and Orton? Mm-hmm. Where Brock busted the crap out of Orton hard way. They split him like a melon. And then, like, the match just, like, felt so flat to me. And it's just, like, an ongoing theme of, like, weird finishes. What about 2017? Didn't something weird happen there, too? Uh, I wasn't at 17. Yeah. I went to Disneyland instead. Ah, not a bad alternative. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying to think, because I cannot remember... Oh, I, think I don't remember that one. one, but I do remember 18, that uh, I think it was AJ and Joe ended in a double DQ. I think this so. Was, yeah, this was the, the fatal four-way between Lesnar, Strowman, yeah, Reigns, I mean, and Brock Joe. Just, Brock just won that one. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that one wasn't a screwed finish. It was just kind of like, meh. It's like he came in, whooped ass, and left. <laughs> Didn't Joe take the pin, too? I don't remember that specifically. Yeah. Oddly enough, I'm not as, as quick with recent stuff. <laughs> yeah. More of the old stuff. Yeah. We'll return after these messages. Enjoy. Thanks. Be order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. 
So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Now, back to our program. But yeah, so that was uh, uh, SummerSlam 2015. The final ratings. First with the, the number ratings here. Pro Wrestling Torch gave it a 6.5 out of 10, which I was shocked. Internet Movie Database gave it a 7.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 7.48. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I think I'm right there with you. I think I gave it a B plus. I, if I was like to grade on like the average matches I gave, I'd probably give it a C minus, but I thought it was a fun show despite some bad matches. I think it's very watchable. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there were that many bad matches. There were a couple that was like, why is it here? You know, on this show, the triple threat being the biggest one. Gosh. Yeah. A five bit triple threat intercontinental title match. I mean, I know I just said a mouthful, but <laughs> we have a big show. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And the big show had, you know, not so terrible matches in his career, but this one was not one of them. He really sucked in this one. He was, I mean, you want to call him the big slow, <laughs> like, dang. The Wrestling Observer Reader Poll, they gave it thumbs in the middle because there's thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, they So they said it was middle of the way. They said the best match on the card was Undertaker until or Undertaker versus Lesnar with the caveat until the ending. Apparently the readers didn't like the ending for some reason. Well, that's nice to know that that dumbass Uncle Dave's kids will let a ending overshadow a match. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh worst match they said by far on the card was Miz, Big Show, and Ryback. Uh, I'm not gonna argue that, I guess. Okay. Now the staff poll for Wrestling Observer. Oh man, the poll. They said it was a thumbs-up show. They said the best match on the card was Cena versus Rollins, which I would agree. And they said the worst match was Ryback, Big Show, and Miz. So, that one was unanimous. <laughs> I I say it's thumbs-up. Big time. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a perfect show, but it was damn good. I and try to I, take out our, our biases, too, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching it back, I was very entertained. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it dragged at all, except for that triple threat, but, you know, whatever. The post-show fallout real quick was at the Raw after SummerSlam. Sting returned to destroy Seth Rollins' brand new bronze statue by throwing it in the back of a garbage truck. Or was that the week after? That no, I does it after, yeah. Okay, no, this was the week that they were going to unveil his bronze statue, and when they pull the curtain up, Sting is there in its place, and everybody freaks out. Us included. <laughs> yes. And I wore my, I don't know if you remember, I wore my Sting t-shirt there, hoping that that would bring some good luck and Sting would be there. And I do remember Because <laughs> I, I wore my Kevin Owens shirt to NXT, Seth Rollins shirt to SummerSlam, and then my Sting shirt to Raw. And I freaked out about that. I was like, yes, Sting is here! Because i never seen Sting. So that was another bucket list item. I don't know if you remember, Braun Strowman debuted at that Raw. I as do. the fourth member of the Wyatt family. We were, part of the, uh, we were part of the who are you chant. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because yeah, you and I were both sitting there trying to figure it out. I went to the bathroom afterwards after that segment, and people were like, ah, it's Mike Knox. Of course it's Mike Knox. Look at him. And I'm like, hey, I'm that's doing... what I said when we first saw him on the on the Tron, if you remember. Yeah, yeah uh, you and I were both like, Mike Knox? <laughs> but he was way too big for Mike Knox. And he was in his, in his uh, pee-pee pants. So, wow. Pee-pee pants city. 
Yeah, he was about to. While Brock had Suplex City on lock, he had PP Pant City <laughs> down pat. But yeah, that was that was the day day butt of Braun Strowman. Also, a return to the WWE. This is the biggest one in my opinion. The Dudley Boys made their WWE return. They interrupted the New Day's victory celebration after beating the Lucha Dragons. I, I think I hit my head on the roof of Barclays, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've never seen you freak out quite like that. Because you and I were both sitting there, and like Pyro went off during the New Day's yeah, celebration. Yeah, they didn't even do the, uh, the missile sound. It, just, it was Pyro. That was it. Yeah. It exploded. Yeah, because you and I were both like, so the New Day gets Pyro for a celebration. But the New Day freaked out with the Pyro. So we were like, which I didn't notice because when I saw the pyro, I was immediately looking at the stage. So I didn't Same, see the yeah. after I rewatched it. <laughs> yeah. And then I was, I saw the, I was like, so they get pyro now. And then all of a sudden, like the screen lights up with the Dudley boy Tron and they start playing the theme. And you and I were both like, Oh my gosh. And like, we were just like stomping and freaking out. And you and I were both like greatest weekend ever. Yeah. That was a hell of a way to end it too. <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, and I'm not going to let it get overshadowed by the fact that they did absolutely bupkis that whole year in WWE. <laughs> but it was it was great to be there when they made their return. So that was that was great. That about wraps it up for SummerSlam 2015. All in all, I thought it was a great show, and I'm glad we got to cover it finally. I you know we've I, like I said I haven't watched it back since we got home. So next week we're going to cover something. Not so good, but I want to cover it because it's historic, because it's the last time WCW was in Sturgis. It's Road Wild 1999. Uh, we got to talk about it a little bit uh, a few weeks ago in, in the archives when we talked about ECW's one night st- uh, ECW's Heat Wave 1999. We talked about where WCW was at the time, overspending, going down the tubes. They were circling the drain <laughs> here for Road Wild 99. <sighs> well, Spoiler, you know, more racism will be involved because, you know, bikers. <laughs> well, yeah, and Harlem Heat's on the card, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, hey, if you want to know the quality of the show, the opening match involves the ICP and Vampiro, so. Yeah, you want to talk about a hot shot out of the gate. Right? <laughs> Bring them in, pal. Asses on bikes. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? That's a shirt. Wasn't that like how they watched the show? They're all sitting on the bikes, right? Yeah. And then if they really, instead of cheering and clapping, they would rev the motorcycles. You know, that was something. (laughs) Hey, tree huggers would have hated that because carbon emissions, pal. Wow. (laughs) August 19th, we're going to go back to another SummerSlam. This one is from the Attitude Era. It is SummerSlam 1998. It is in Madison Square Garden. It's got, a, if I remember correctly, was this the one where they walked out through, like, like cemetery gates? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that one. I love that set. Uh, you, don't I, get, and also you don't get too many, uh, not to spoil anything, you don't get too many five-star matches in the Attitude Era. There's one here. So. Well, I'm excited, because I, I haven't looked over the entire card yet. I just know Stone Cold versus Undertaker closed the show. I've seen it back, uh, that match at least. Look, Undertaker and Stone Cold, they drew people in. But once they actually got in the ring, I don't know what it was, man. To me, they never really had amazing matches together. I don't. Uh, I can't think of any amazing ones out of my head. So yeah, they were. They, I mean, they didn't suck. They just weren't. Even Austin said he was like, "Yeah, we never really clicked." But they drew money together, so whatever. And well, then you don't need a click. <laughs> yeah, right. 
And then to close out the month, we're going to the land of extreme, also from the Attitude Era, but, I mean, you know, the ZCW, so you know what I mean. But it was uh, ECW's Born to be Wired 1997. That one may be on the same level as Road Wild of meh. So there's there's that. That'll close out August, man. We've got an exciting September for you. I will have more information for you as we get deeper into the month of August. But we are we are here. We are quickly approaching SummerSlam 2020, which do you know the exact date of that one? The 24th or 6th. It's really late. <laughs> yeah, it's coming late in the year. It's the 23rd. Yeah, okay. August 23rd, 2020. It will be at the... It's originally going to be at the TD Gardens in Boston, like we talked about. Unfortunately, it's going to be at the PC again. Yay. So, I, somebody said it's like, you know, I hope they at least put a damn kiddie pool on the stage or something. Like, <laughs> dress it up for us. Hell, I'm fine any- without that, but whatever. <laughs> Dude, put put some fake palm trees or, you know, something, a little kiddie pool, and do what AEW did for Fighter Fest. Just, it's not like McMahon doesn't have the money. Pay some beautiful women to stand around in bikinis just to set pieces <laughs> for a couple hours. Like, whatever. Anyway, that wraps it up for us. Thanks for joining me again, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next week where we uh, go to Sturgis for Road Wild 99. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.